Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought-provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch, and get real. Hey, welcome back to Be Real. Um, I am so excited about being here today. I'm here with my co-host, Diana. Are you in the house today? You know I am, girl. I'm right here with you, as always, hanging out on a Friday afternoon, making my day. You know, nice, (laughs) gloomy New York day. (laughs) I know. The sun's coming out, though. I promise. The sun, it it came out earlier. I saw it. I saw it. Still there, visiting. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go outside. I don't go outside every day, but I'm going to go outside. (laughs) Girl, you got to go outside every day. We talked about this. (laughs) We talk about this all the time. And I'm super excited because you can gush today because we both know our guest. Go on. Yes. Uh, We have Kimberly Daniels. She is a board certified holistic health counselor. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I think today we're going to really deep dive in to your journey with adoption. So Kimberly, why don't you um, jump in and tell our listeners a little bit about you? Hi guys, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is my new role as a mother um, and my journey through adoption. I guess I didn't just start from the top. You know what, (laughs) wherever you wanna start. So I, you know, it's a good question. Did you always know you wanted to be a mom? I always knew I wanted to be a mom. That was something I have known since I was a little girl. I love working with children. I've worked with children my whole life. And I always just knew I wanted to be a mom. I think when I talk about adoption, it's, it's, I can't talk about adoption without talking a little bit about infertility. I think Mm -hmm. most women who have gone through the adoption process, most, not all, um, have experienced some, some type of infertility or, or fertility issues. My journey started actually in a couple of different ways. So my my partner Luke, uh, my who I call my I like to call my baby, um, he <laughs> on our second date actually told me that he himself was adopted, and that that was something um, that he had a lot of gratitude for, and that he felt strongly about giving back in that way that he wanted to become an adoptive parent one day. Um, I pretty much like fell in love with him on that night. <laughs> yeah, that, a guy that gives that up on the second date, that's like, okay, I can't wait through this. Yeah. I'm in. Right. I'm in. Right. So, <laughs> but he didn't know that and I played it cool. And then um, when we did get, you know, 
serious and start talking about um, creating our family, we we always thought, well, let's have, you know, we'll have um, biological child and we'll have, that was our grand sort of master plan, which is laughable now because now going through it, you can look back and say, why do you even bother trying to make those plans? The universe has other plans for you. Um, so we we started um, you know, trying to get pregnant. That's how that's how we started trying to create our family and quickly knew that fertility and um, and me getting older as a woman was going to be challenging. It was it was really really challenging. After about a year and a half of fertility treatments and pregnancy loss, we got to the point where I just knew I, I didn't want to go through that anymore. And we made the decision to pursue adoption. Before I got to that place, though, I really had to um, dig deep into why I wanted to be a mom. What was it about being a mother that was so important to me? Um, when going through fertility treatments, the focus is so much on getting pregnant. That's all you're thinking about is, am I going to get pregnant this month? And you sort of lose sight of the bigger picture. At least I did. When I knew that, you know, I just, my body physically and mentally, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I really had to dig deep into what is it about being a mom that's important to me? I've, I've sort of lost that. And to me, it was just nurturing another human. It was, you know, knowing that I was going to have an influence and be able to help shape and, and create a beautiful human being. And, and I was able to surrender and let go of my attachment to giving birth, to being pregnant. And I think that's a really important part of um, your, or, or my willing, you know, my openness to adoption not being attached to the, I need to be pregnant, I need to give birth, and I all of those things that a lot of women rightfully so feel. But for me, I was able to let go of that, surrender, and, and not feel attached to that outcome and move forward with the adoption process. Okay, there's so many things in there. And it's so, oh, it's, thank you so much for sharing that with us and with our listeners, because it is so important to look at the journey and how you get to adoption and what, I mean, we could spend the rest of the time talking about the idea of the fertility treatments and that you're so focused on getting pregnant that you get lost in the big picture of it. Um, and that, I mean, there's, there's a business involved. There's so many things involved. I'm going to, I'm going to be nice about it, but that, uh, the humanity gets lost in there and that you, and you have to sit back and you have to really think about like where you are in the process and being a mom. Um, and I was also thinking as you were talking, the many different ways that we are connected to one another, this is where I'm going to go. Shouldn't you shut up? <laughs> because I was remembering that the very first time we met, which is always like, was not in a yoga studio, which we have been met in a yoga studio, but was when you were, uh, and I'm assuming that you're still at the school. Are you still at the school? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had put an intern, just a little fun fact, Anisha. I had put <laughs> an intern into uh, Kim's school. That's right. <laughs> like a hundred, like one of the first, one of the very first internships that interns that came my way was in Kim's school and uh, the devotion that you had to the children. And as you're talking about it, I'm remembering that year together and we had that year together and then we have periodically just bumped into each other we're meant to bump into each other probably mm -hmm. for this lifetime i'm imagining um 
But every time I've had a conversation with you, I have, you have talked about being a mom and I, um, like it's, it was definite and that part of it comes through and that you are able to like break through and have that experience for yourself and see it is, uh, very powerful and amazing. And thank you for sharing the beginning of your story with us. Welcome. Love it. Anisha, you have that look on your face. What do you want to say? Um, I can see it. I was just thinking about, you know, the journey and and, and what it's like. And last week we spoke to someone and we talked about fertility and infertility Mm -hmm. and how for so much of women's lives, the discussion is now, how do we not get pregnant? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like birth control and just making sure we don't, and we don't talk enough about, you know, we actually want to get pregnant and what, what's that's like when we're not able to. Um, And so I am someone who have, has been through, fertility treatments and things of that nature too. And so you do get lost in all of it, right? Because you get so hyper-focused on that outcome and that's the only outcome that you want, right? And when it doesn't happen, you know, there's not a lot of conversation about what's next sometimes, right? Like it's just, you're kind of left out there and it feels very alone. Um, So what was that process like for you when you came to the moment and you realized that I won't have a biological child? Um, I, I felt a lot of relief, actually. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot of relief that I was surrendering, that I, you know, I sort of, I don't know, for the last probably 20 years been practicing yoga and meditation and, and non-attachment and self-care. And when I was in the middle of all the IVF um, treatments and, you know, injections and all of these things and hormones, um, I, I sort of fell off that path a little bit because like you said, like you're so attached to the outcome that you can only see what's right in front of you. You can't see the big picture. And so when I took a step back and, and realized I, I'm, I don't need this outcome Mm -hmm. to, to feel the way that I desire to feel. My intention is to nurture and to be a mom and I don't need to be attached to this. So when I let go of that, um, I just felt relief, not to say there wasn't a lot of anxiety about the adoption process. And we'll get into that because that's a whole other, you know, that's a whole other game. (laughs) Um, but, but I did feel like I can just, I can just be, I, I don't have to be chasing and chasing, chasing this thing. And I also felt confident that I was going to be a mom one way or another. And that's what got me through. Um, I think Luke was, you know, he was so solid and such a rock for me, but kept saying, no matter what, we're going to have a family, we're going to be parents. And I think just knowing that um, got me through that it didn't have to be in the way that I had envisioned. I answer your question? <laughs> it, yeah, it definitely answered the question. And I, I'm so full of like, I get the, I'm so full of love for this moment. And I'm like trying to find all the language to put around it. I mean, there's, there's the letting go and there's the mourning that happens, but there's the, atta- there's like the release of the attachment to the outcome that the outcome will be there and it will happen, but we don't have to plan it. It's so I feel the relief in that. And I'm so the having a, having a supportive partner to be by your side and be able to like reinforce that is also just, I'm so excited that you had that 
and yeah. that this is part of the experience and that we can hear about it. Um, so you made the decision to adopt as a couple. You did. Tell yeah, you did. So, <laughs> but that can be, I mean, I've definitely been uh, in the corner, let's say what in the corner, it's like kind of like in a boxing ring where you're in the corner waiting to see what happens, right? You're like, okay. But for people who have been adopting, which is also not, that can be equally as stressful. Yes. Yeah. So when we made the decision to adopt, I really had no clue what that was going to look like. And I was really surprised (laughs) at what it looked like. I had, I mean, just not a clue. You know, I've worked in public schools for a long time. Mm I have worked with a lot of children in foster care. We, We were not prepared to go that route was foster to adopt, meaning that you, you know, you foster children. Um, but the, the end goal for those children is that they, they end up with their biological, um, parents. We weren't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared to have a child in our home that I would eventually have to let go again. So we made the decision to do a private infant adoption, which is a very different process from foster. And with that came a lot of different questions and a lot of different options. How do you even start that process? So the first thing we had to do was decide, were we gonna go with an adoption agency or were we gonna go with an adoption attorney? And what's the difference and why we go with one or the other? Oh, what is the difference and why would you go with one or the other? (laughs) I'm I'm not sure that I still know. I I don't know if I actually have the answer. That's okay. We'll take like the snippets and we'll we'll do some research on our own. But that is Well, I'll tell you what what we came up with from our own research because it's it's not that easy to get an answer. That was the first thing we came up with. Um, The second thing was um, just in talking to different people and in doing our research, really trying to talk to people who had been through the process was, was how, what I found to be the most helpful. Um, it seemed that with an agency, they are this umbrella that takes care of all the things that you have to do in order to um, prepare your home and yourself for adoption. So um, that means, you know, they come to do a home study. They come to your home and make sure that your home is suitable for a child. Um, they help you um, build a profile. So that's something else you have to do, kind of like online dating. You have to build a whole profile of yourself. Right. Um, the difference is it's not like a one swipe thing. Like our profile was about 25 pages. So <laughs> not <laughs> Tinder. Nope. Got no, it. Not, no, not Tinder. And they just, they just, they just help you with every single, you know, step of the way. Um, It's all done through them. They kind of have control, more control over it. When you work with an attorney, they help you with all of those things. um, But they also sort of say like, this is where you can go to get your home study done. This is what you can do to build your profile book. Like they, they tell you and they direct you. But um, we see that we see the baby daddy in the background. Hey, hey, <laughs> welcome. We're going to pull him in in a minute. It was um, it was challenging. It was definitely challenging. It was um, probably the hardest, most grueling, mentally uh, difficult thing that I've ever had to go through. But um, you know, the, the greatest reward afterwards. 
yeah, it was, it was, it was magical. It was absolutely magical. What a beautiful testament. I love <laughs> it. I mean, I have to say that I have personally fallen in love with your son and can't wait. I like watch the, the three of you together. Like it should be its own. It should be its own like little show that we can watch every day because it's so beautiful. It's oh. very, very kind. Yeah. The beginning of the adoption process and the first, you know, the first decision that you have to make is how you're going to actually start the process. And so we, we ended up going with a, an attorney that was highly recommended to us um, just through a friend of a friend, not through anybody that I actually knew or have even ever met. And um, which is crazy because I now feel like I owe her so much because it's because of her that we ended up with um, Lennox. But um, so we started the process with an attorney and you know it requires about three months of preparation just to three months at minimum if you if you really move quickly on all the things that you have to do to prepare yourselves in your home to be certified to adopt. So we had to do, you know, criminal background checks and you know, medical, like physicals and get doctor notes from our doctors. And um, we, like I said, we had a home study. So because we were in the middle of a pandemic, ours was virtual. So we had somebody, a social worker talk to us and we had to sort of give her a tour of our home. And she interviewed me, she interviewed Luke, she interviewed us together. And I can't even remember all the things that we had to do, but you can't do it really in less than three months. And and we pretty much did it in about three months. And then there's the part of the profile book that I mentioned. So that, that takes a lot of time. You're, you're basically advertising yourself and hoping that a prospective birth mother chooses you, that she sees you and thinks there's some connection or some reason why she would trust you with um, the, the baby that she's going to give birth to. Um, so it's a pretty big deal. You have to really, there's so much thought put into it. And how do you, how do you represent yourself in a, in a profile that's going to make somebody want to choose you? So then there, there, that comes into the whole part of like, what if nobody chooses us? Like, what if, you know, it takes forever and they don't like something about us, you know, we're not married. Maybe somebody, you know, maybe that's going to be an issue. Um, we're an interracial couple. Um, somebody might like that. Somebody might not. So you start to, you know, worry about these things. And the one thing I will say that our attorney, and we, we also hired a woman to help us with our profile book. Um, they both said, you know, just be yourselves because whatever baby, your baby is going to end up with you because of who you are you don't want to misrepresent. We're not going to pretend we're married. We're not married. You know, we're not going to, you know, pretend we're anything that we're not because we want the baby that's meant to be with us. And that's how, that's how it's going to happen. So we, we started that process. We, we, you know, we made our profile book. We had a million pictures that they would come back and say, Oh, take that picture out. I can see a wine glass in the left corner. You know, you oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. All uh, the things. Or, we can see all know, the things. You're not really smiling in that picture. You want to be smiling in every single picture. You know, uh, we need to see more kids in your, you guys love kids. Where are all the kids? And we're like, oh my God, 
<laughs> like you're just gathering so many pictures um, and, and trying to look your best. Oh, it's so much information, right? Like we don't, we see, well, I'm going to only speak for myself, right? Like I see the end result. I see the parents with the adopted child, but not the, all of the preparation. And I know, I know people who have been um, social workers, colleagues who have been the people that have gone in to like assess the home and like done that type, that type of work, but all of the emotional effort that goes into creating a profile to let, to actually have somebody choose you to raise a human being is I'm just thinking about like really all of the emotional and the nuances that have to go into that and just like all the feelings you must have gone through going through it yeah amazing yeah and also one of the you just reminded me like one of the really beautiful things that came out of it was um part of it was um, you sort of wrote a section on Kim on Luke and then Luke on Kim and seeing what we wrote about each other was actually really, really sweet. And it, and I do think going through that process just brought us even closer than we were. Um, and also thinking about how we want to raise our child. It's not something you necessarily talk about before you have one. You, you talk a little bit about it, but um, we had to write some of these things in a book. So we went separately to write them then came together to see you know how we want to put it all down and we ended up writing pretty much the same thing so it just it, it was a really sweet moment through all of this where we could pause and say we're really grateful and lucky to have each other and to be doing this together this should be a prerequisite for all people who are having children you should have to have a book that yeah. you create together. That is like, this is how we're going to raise them. This is what we're going to do. This is my mindset. What a, what a growth experience. And how lucky is this baby? I'm <laughs> well, so excited. We feel really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I want more, but I, I see Anisha's face. You have a question. You have something. You're in grip. You're in go. No, no. I, my thought was that, um, when two people generally come together to have a child, sometimes for some people, there is not a lot of thought. There is not a lot of conversation. And for you guys to have to prepare for it, right? And in some way, have to market yourself and kind of put yourself out there. I think that, um, I'm, like you said, it brought you and Luke so much closer together because you had that space and that time to really think about why do I want to be a parent? What does it mean to me? What does it mean to us as a couple? Um, and like you said, Diana, it would be beautiful if every couple could kind of have that um, experience before deciding to have a child and, and how how beautiful it would be for the child. Right. To kind of look back on this book, too. Right. And he'll see, you know, how much you wanted him, how much you guys really wanted him to be a part of your life. And if every child could see how much their parents really said, like, was intentional, like, this is what I want. We wanted you. We knew you would change our life. We wanted you. And so for some adopted children, sometimes they don't feel wanted, right, by their biological parents. The, the hope is that he'll know how much he was wanted by you. And maybe you can then talk to him about the story of his birth parents and mm -hmm. why, you know, they weren't ready or able to, to keep him. So I think it's very beautiful. Well, this is a good place for us to take a break because I do want to know the next steps because... 
again, I'm following this journey one store IG story and one <laughs> grid at a time. So we're going to take a break here. Okay. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of BeWell Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. BeWell is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, BeWell offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. And we're back. Okay, Kim. So here we are. We've got the lookbook. We're all set. We've got all the questions asked. We have a book. And then you shop around. The, you shop yourself out. It sounds terrible, but it is what happens. But you got picked. So can you can yeah. we can we go to the process of meeting? I mean, how far along was she? Where were we? I mean, this all happened. I also am no, am noting that this all happened during the pandemic, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yes, that was a whole other you know element. But we, um, yeah, so we got a call, uh, uh, an email from our attorney saying, I have a potential situation and this is her story. She's seven months pregnant. Um, so she was pretty far along. Yeah. And you know, just some details that obviously I, I don't share about her, but just some details about her, her story. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, did we want, were we interested basically everything matched up with what we were hoping for. So we immediately said, yes, we're interested. Oh my God. Like this is happening so fast. Could this really happen? You know, um, she, so the next step was for us to send our lookbook to, right. um, to this woman. So we did. And then we just waited for her to get back to us. We later found out that um, our attorney had about four of her clients send, you know, their own profile books to this woman. Um, in the end, she she chose us. She she wanted to talk to us. Um, as I mentioned, we are an interracial couple, and when you are going through the process of, of um, adoption, you're asked a lot of questions about what kind of baby you're hoping for or, or what you right. know, sort of criteria it feels very strange. Um, but we were really clear that we wanted to raise a child of color. Mm -hmm. um, that was something that was important to us that we had Luke who's biracial. He's a really strong role model. We just felt like that was important. And in this situation, um, the birth mother was white and the birth father was black and um, we felt comfortable, like this is 
this could be potentially the baby that that's meant for us, but you also want to sort of guard your heart. And there, there are a lot of things that go through it, you know, that you go through before you get there. So the next step was, there's a lot of um, heart guarding, isn't there in this process, the whole, the whole thing, there's a lot of heart guarding. Yes. So the next step was, um, I was told that she was pretty shy, that she might be uncomfortable talking on the phone or over FaceTime to, to just start texting. So we started a text conversation. Um, the most basic, how are you? Oh, how's the weather where you are? You know, <laughs> yeah, literally. literally. Yeah. Um, and then it was the part that I really leaned into was feeling compassion for this woman who was going through probably the hardest time in her life Mm -hmm. Um, and just connecting with her on a human level, woman to woman, and knowing also that she was a bit shy and not that comfortable. um, I sort of let her take the lead. I suggested that we FaceTime when she was ready. And surprisingly, she said, I actually, I feel comfortable already. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And we did. We had a FaceTime call, and it was a little bit awkward at first. Um, but then, you know, it became fairly comfortable um, pretty quickly. We just started chatting about different things, not about babies, not no. about pregnancy. No, no, like the weather. What do you wear? What's for dinner? Like anything, exactly. anything yeah. but that, right? Anything Let's, but that. Yeah. And from that point, we just started building our relationship. We started texting almost daily. Um, We scheduled different FaceTime calls. Um, She got to meet Luke over FaceTime and she was really, you know, comfortable with that. And we just started building a relationship. It's, it's a relationship that's different and unique from any other relationship I've ever had in my life. Well, I, yes. And I want, I, I want to say with so much compassion that building a relationship as you're talking that is and leaning into her her decision is beautiful because what a decision and what what a time to connect with each other like it's just it's so powerful and also met, also taking care of your own heart throughout the whole thing like cuz we still don't know still don't know and that's that's the scariest part so you you know even though she at this point chose us and it's you know this is what we were doing um you still don't know she has the right to change her mind up Mm -hmm. until after she's given birth um it varies state to state how long but Mm -hmm. she has that right and and she should have that right and I, i course I understand that but you, you really you know I felt like I had to guard my heart um at the same time I'm building a relationship with this with this woman and I'm there for her in the sense you know I'm a counselor so right I, I <laughs> there is that so there's like that part of you that part of your you doesn't go away when you're in those conversations either no and she she would come to me about issues that she was having either with the birth father or with other things that had nothing to do with the baby um yeah we had to be very careful about that and, and creating a boundary there because that wasn't going to continue forever um 
but we, um, we just, yeah, we just really connected. And then um, we couldn't meet in person because of the pandemic. So normally you would meet, you would try to meet in person before mm -hmm. the birth. Um, we couldn't do that. And she was in Florida and we're in New York. We, you know, eventually we also ended up meeting the birth father over FaceTime as well, which is something that is apparently unique to our situation. It's not that common. Um, mm -hmm. but he was very, very involved in all of the decision-making really appreciative and, um, just really thankful that we wanted to meet him and that, that we wanted to include him in the whole process. Um, that was a huge step. Yeah. I think as you're saying that, and I don't, I, this is not my area of expertise at all, but I, I do think that is unique. You're right. Like you don't often hear about the, that about the birth father, you just hear that the decision is made or whatever, whatever stereotype you have in your mind about the, what, cause that definitely comes into play and people who will be listening will have like a stereotype of who the birth mother may be. And that is not necessarily the case ever. Like definitely. we have an idea, but it's probably wrong. It's, it's probably wrong. And I yeah. can say that for myself. I mean, I had all sorts of ideas of who mm -hmm. the birth mother was going to be and who the birth father was going to be. And I was completely wrong. And I think after going through this process, one of the things that I really want to get out there into the world for people who are considering adoption or not, just um, all the misperceptions around the people who choose to create an adoption plan, it's such a sacrifice and it's not done in my experience and every experience is unique. So I can only speak from my experience, but Lennox's birth parents are the most beautiful people. Oh, and they've given you such a gift. And then Lennox was born. And then Lennox was born. So, so we, we moved okay. to Florida. And, so, so um, many tears of beauty and joy. I mean, this is such yeah. a powerful moving moving story I know there was so much leading up to it and we, we flew to Florida and we had to quarantine and all these things and we didn't know if we were allowed in the hospital and I mean the, the COVID pandemic really threw another wrench you know it, it was just added an added layer of complication but Lennox was born and we were at the hospital um when he was born and we um Lennox's birth father wanted us to see him coming into this world. So he actually FaceTimed us the whole time. So we, we felt like we were in the room with them. Oh um, my God. Yeah, it was, it was intense. It was emotional. I mean, I, um, as a woman just couldn't believe what she was going, going through. through. I've been in the, I was in the birth room when my niece was born. It's a lot. It's beautiful. It's yeah, it's a lot. Um, she had originally asked me to be in the room with her. So I had prepared and read books on labor coaches. And I, I contacted a friend of mine who's a doula. And all me immediately. Um, right. I need to know everything. I had lavender stress balls yep. ready, like everything. That went all Good yogi showing up with everything she needs. Everything she needs. Slippers, everything. Lennox was born and, um, and we weren't really supposed to see him for a little while after he was born, but this wonderful nurse just grabbed us and she snuck us into the room. So we met Lennox 
and his, both of his birth parents all together for the first for time. For the first time. <gasps> yeah. Um, it was very emotional, very intense. Um, I was able to hold Lennox within, I think, 30 minutes after he was born. <gasps> and Luke was able to hold him. And it was the four of us is both of his birth parents and us and, and the baby and so much love in that room. So much love and, and so much heartache. So much of every, what a beautiful day. Yeah. What a moment. What an angel. Yeah. And it it really was um, just, I, I, a surreal, a surreal moment. I don't, it's hard to even remember. I don't know if you could really put that into words. I mean, he he looks like an angel, so I can imagine like that that it, I mean, he was he he's here to do powerful things. <laughs> Cuz that I mean, that is that's a that's a very powerful birth right there. That's not that's not a birth that is that goes lightly being born in a pandemic with all of that love and and heartache, but that, um, and that experience, I mean, we both know from our own, just from our training that, uh, you being there at that time. So like in there with them is so important and just, it feels so meant to be. It does feel so meant to be. I mean, I, we locked eye Lennox and I locked eyes when he was 25 minutes alive. <laughs> right. And- fell in love. And I think one of the things that we promised his birth parents and that we already do is um, we, we want him to know how loved he is that, that all four of us were there for his birth and that Mm -hmm. his birth parents made the hardest decision of their lives. It was not, it was painful. It was not easy. They changed their minds actually after he was born and then came back around and made the decision. it was not easy and um but we really promised them that we would give him the best life that we could possibly give him and that's what we're doing that's what we our best to do yeah that is 1001 percent clear it is just he is a very loved 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 little boy um and he is destined for great things so um there were so many other things we were going to talk about, <laughs> but this, just the story of him coming into the world and what you guys just that you two met and like kept on this journey to create this family and how important it is to really look at your options and, and be a, how powerful you are to be able to tap into all of that and stay just stay moving. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think a lot that happens in like the very beginning, the origins of the story, like when we, when we think like we're trying to get pregnant and we're going to, we're supposed to have a baby and this is how we're supposed to do it. And then like the moving through that grief and like still progressing forward. And then the focus on the mom and the beauty of seeing you as a mom. (laughs) I'm so excited. We do have one question though. We do. So we're at the end. And here we are, and we're watching. Now we know. Now we're seven months in. 
Lennox is sitting up and eating. So we're going to bring Amber in because normally what we would do is ask some questions. I don't have any questions, but we have a question about the eating. (laughs) So, So to end today, we have Amber. So Amber has a seven month old also. Brooks, who started, who started crawling. Now, does Lennox crawl? He doesn't crawl. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. He rolls. Just wait, because we were screaming yeah. just about two minutes ago. <laughs> it happens fast. He's almost, Brooks is almost eight months. He'll be eight months on the 20th. So he, he was rolling and then all of a sudden he's crawling. So it happens very quick. <laughs> so get your gates ready because he's going to start moving. So um, Amber, what's it called? The eating? Oh, uh, baby. It's called baby led weaning. Is yeah. that what you're doing? Because that boy's eating like a full meal. That's what I'm attempting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, yeah. I, it's crazy. I never, I had never even heard of it until a couple of months ago. And a friend of mine just asked, like, have you ever heard of this? And I was like, no, what? Um, so I started reading and then I got really into it. And I thought this aligns with my work with women and wellness and eating mindfully and in- intuitively and not, you know, so I started reading about giving him whole foods, which sounds scary because I started at six months and, you know, you're worried about choking and all these things. And I just watched like a million videos of babies six months old doing this until I was thought, okay, if they can do it, he could do it. Um, so yeah, I've been giving him whole food instead of purees. That's the idea not to give him all the mush. Okay. Cause he does not have, like, I'm waiting for both of you to post like the spaghetti picture, right? Like this is the one they sit up, there's spaghetti all over their face and maybe like all that going on. I look forward to it with all the women I know that have kids. I look forward to that phase. I didn't see that coming. Lennox <laughs> <laughs> says like a full on meal, a he meal chicken drumstick. Did you see yeah. that? I saw the drumstick girl. I was like, okay, all right, we're doing it. All right. Well, Kimberly, I want you to, uh, cause we touched on it briefly because I do want to quickly, quickly, if you could. So the other time in our lives that we connected was when you started <laughs> this work with women. So yeah. if you could like in a nutshell, tell us what you do, cause we don't have much time. But I think it's really important because this circle that you do is amazing. And I was this close, but didn't have the time to commit, but I'm coming. Yeah. So I, I work with women, um, on learning how to eat mindfully and intuitively, and also making the connection between what you put into your body and how you feel and what you manifest in your life, which was a huge part of my process with Lennox. Um, taking care of myself and knowing that if I was taking really good care of myself, all the other things were going to unfold as they were meant to. So I have a signature program, a detox circle that I do pretty much every season. And we're in one right now. I have 26 women in the circle, amazing, um, and, which is amazing. It's my biggest one so far. And I think it's a combination of so many things, but uh, a lot of women just ready to get back into healthy eating. And it's, it's a cleanse, it's a whole food cleanse. So we eat lots of food and lots of nutrient dense food. Um, it's not like a 10 day juice fast or anything like that, but I guide you through the 21 days. Um, we have weekly coaching calls and I do a lot of work around mindset 
shifting and visualization and manifestation techniques and just combining the food and you know the mind body connection and and a, having a real emphasis on how connected our mind is and our body to our bodies that's the the intention of the circle is to help women make that connection and eat for nourishment and for energy um, and just to, to feel good and to, and to manifest whatever it is that they desire. I love that. Can you tell us, tell the listeners where they can find you? Yes. My website, www.wellnessbykimberly.com. And that's Kimberly K I M B E R L Y. My Instagram is at love Kimberly Daniels. And if you want tips on eating mindfully and really cute shots of a super cute baby. I, I can't lie. It's worth, it's worth looking for every day because <laughs> this baby is so damn cute. Um, Kimberly, thank you so much. And I am so excited for everything that's going on in your world. And I am super excited that there's 26 women in your group right now, because I do know, um, I was there at the inception of this group and I'm super excited about it. And I'm, Really, really, really happy for you and Luke and Lennox to continue on this journey of growth as a family. And thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All right. Okay, cool. So uh, we're going to stop here. All right. So we'll see you all next week. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to bewellpsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.